Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Happy Wednesday, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw, and this is a brand new episode of I've Got a Secret. I'm dialed in today with author, NFL insider, and mental health advocate Jay Glazer. Jay's new book, Unbreakable, How I Turned My Depression and Anxiety into Motivation, and You Can Too, is a raw and unapologetic look at what Jay calls living in the gray and how he uses his battles with mental health to keep pushing forward, scars and all. It's an important topic, and I'm excited to cover it with someone so vulnerable and passionate. This is the secret to getting out of the gray. How are you today, Jay? Doing great. I'm doing much better now that I'm seeing you. How are you? I'm doing great. So I've been so excited to sit down with you. It's too bad it's virtual, but I'm thrilled about it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Me too. This is fantastic. And, you know, again, the uh, the more we can get this message out and give people words, you know, arm them with words to to battle mental health and what I call the gray. Yep. Uh, the more we're going to help this world. I couldn't agree more. And I know your your show with Philip just aired on Friday. Is that what we're calling him? Are we calling him Philip? Oh, I call him Philip. I have. <laughs> I, no one else does, but I call, I've call. i called him okay. Philip. I'm going to make sure I don't cross a certain line there. Okay. <laughs> you can if you want, but I've called him Philip since the first day I met him. I, I, I asked him, what's your full name? He said, Philip Calvin McGraw. I said, oh, I love that name. Can I call you Philip? And he said, whisper it in my ear. And I did. He said, yes, you can. <laughs> Next time I see him, I'm going to whisper it in his ear too, see if I can get, you know, do it also. But I, bet- I tell you what. Wow, what a game changer that was. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's interesting for me also because as I've gotten on the, been on this journey, man, the book released right at the, during the heart of the NFL playoffs. I also was dealing with some other personal things at the same time. I'm trying to help out some, a family member. And I just kind of got wrapped up in my own little hamster wheel. And I wasn't able to let it sink in and, and really kind of hear all the, the help that we're giving people until his show. And... I sat there Friday, and that's the first time in a while I've had a really good cry that I need. And you know, I want to tell what I'm doing for other people here, but it wasn't until I saw it, and it really put me in such a blue, a blue place. So um, you can tell Philip how much I appreciate him and, and love him for this. I sure will. It was a very, very moving experience to watch. And then I watched it again when it aired, and I just thought it was a great show. And so for all of you listeners out there on The Secret Squad, if you didn't see it, it was it aired on Friday, the 4th of March. So you got to go back and watch it. And everyone loves it when a man gets vulnerable. I'm just going to be honest with you. And that's what you did. And it was very moving when you talked about your book and your experience. But I have to start first, though, with a little secret. You know, the name of this podcast is I've Got a Secret. I'm going to start with one of my secrets. And here it is. I'm a lot more fun than Philip. (laughs) (laughs) So just get ready. This is going to be a fun podcast, even though it's a very serious subject. We're going to have a lot of fun. Oh, I love it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I will tell you this too. And I, I said it to you at the show and I, I want to make sure you really know I meant it. 
when I was looking out in the crowd, and I do this a lot too, if I'm in Super Bowls, I'll kind of focus in on one or two or three people that, all right, I'm talking to them, even though I'm talking to millions. But it was you in the crowd. I just connected with you. And every time I was talking about it, you just made me so comfortable and feel really safe oh. as I looked out in that crowd and, and saw your reaction. Because I saw you tear up a few times and I said, okay, I'm, I'm doing my job here. So I just want to tell you how grateful I am for you. Oh. Um, you were there for me and didn't realize how much of a teammate you were being for me during that table. Oh, that's so very, very sweet of you to say. I did hear you say that, and it really meant a lot to me because I was truly mesmerized by what you were saying and telling your story and talking about your book. I really was very into it, and it got me in the heart. So what mesmerized you about what I was saying or how I was saying it before I turn the show back over to you? Well, I will <laughs> tell you, I, I kind of touched just now, you were so in your heart and you wanted to get your true message out about your experience. And I could feel that you really wanted to help others and yeah. talk about what you have gone through in hopes that you could help others. And you were, as I say, vulnerable and honest and real. And I felt it. Yeah. You know, The Rock, who wrote my forward, said, hey, you're the one who's doing this for us because you walk this walk. You walk in that darkness. So you're going to be that that voice through the gray for us because you've been through the deepest part of it, which, you know, mine's clinical and it's everything. It's, you know, it's depression and anxiety and ADD and elemental P and everything. You know, it's everything. Yes. So, but like what you just said, this is for the masses, even if you don't have clinical, which a lot of people don't. We were just in a pandemic where we were told to socially distance. The worst thing we could do in a society is isolate. And we just got to isolate. So we're definitely feeling that. And the rigors of social media, when we're comparing ourselves to everybody else's filtered fraction of a second, a lot of us think our lives suck when we know they don't because we feel left out. It's not real. So everybody's going through something. But even if you're not, and I've had a lot of people in the NFL tell me too, I don't have it. First of all, you couldn't be on this level. In order to be great, you got to be crazy. <laughs> I tell them also, you can't be in the NFL on this level, not have some crazy in you. <clears throat> but even if you say, okay, I, I don't, you absolutely know people who do. So this book gives you the words to have that conversation with them, which we all need this conversation. What you just said is so true. Okay. Maybe you don't feel it like I do. Maybe you haven't been where I have been, but you can't tell me there's not someone in your close circle, family, friends, someone that's been there that you can relate to and you can help. That's that's another thing I love about your book. It's like maybe this book isn't for you because you can't relate because you've been there your entire life. But as I was listening to you from the audience, I thought, wow, wow, I've been there in that circumstance. But I can relate because I have family members and I have friends that have been there and are there. And it, it's so meaningful. It's I've had friends of mine recently say, yeah, you know, I don't have it. But man, I just saw you talk about anxiety attacks. Man, I've had two anxiety attacks on TV. And I'm like, I thought you said you don't have it. It's just, exactly. <laughs> you said you had anxiety attacks. But it wasn't, they never would have told me if I didn't talk about it. So they would suffer in silence. So even if you think to yourself, oh, okay, I don't have it or I don't know anybody who does, I guarantee if you start talking about it, and that's what I'm trying to do here, is give people words to talk about mental health and give them away out of their darkness and their gray, not just talk about mental health, 
like not just say, hey, you know, it's mental health issues. I want to give people the words for the first time to really give people tangible words to use to have this discussion. I guarantee that if you talk about it in a group, there'll be people in there who say, okay, now that you say that, yes, I've been going through this or I've been going through that or I've been struggling with this. And they don't, they don't know it until you say it or they're just hiding it. And they don't deserve to hide it. We deserve to talk about it. Obviously, there's no shame in it. I love that you just said that because some people suffer anxiety and they don't know it because they don't know the definition of anxiety. And so it's brilliant that you have defined anxiety for them. It's brilliant that you've defined anxiety attacks for them because a lot of people don't know what an anxiety attack is. A lot of people don't know what being depressed is. Right. So let me ask you this. Was the gray something you developed as an adult or have you always struggled with anxiety and depression? It's my earliest childhood memory. I don't know any other way to live. Um, and I will say this to you also. It's painful for me. Like you see me here and uh -huh. <laughs> getting choked up again. It's um, man. And, and I and I get choked up because I, I honestly Sometimes it's like I'm sitting over here and I look at myself when I say that and I feel bad for that guy. Man, this dude's lived his entire life in the gray, waking up every day with it, and he doesn't deserve it. So, you know, I kind of, Jay Glazer wants to give Jason Glazer a hug. Um, and that's why I did this book also for, the more I do talk about it, you can see it's cathartic. I let it out, but I but all those years I suffered in silence. And, you know, as a little kid, I, I kept getting taken, getting taken to psychologists and psychiatrists and all that. So it was always like something was wrong with me. And there's really not anything wrong with me. I was, I was going to work on something. Same way, look, I've, I've been in sports for my whole life. I, I've been wrestling since 1982, boxing since 1989, mixed martial arts since 2002, I think. Um, won the world submission fighting championships in 04, I think. Um, so no one's questioning my toughness or manhood. But if there was something, if I got injured in that and my elbows hurt or my ankles hurt, I'm going to spend all day rehabbing it so I can compete. Same thing with this. I'm going to spend as much time as I can now rehabbing my soul and my spirit and my heart and my feelings. But all these years, I didn't have the tools for it. Now I do. I have better tools for it. I understand how to communicate about it a lot better. And I've given them a game plan for myself and for others how to get out of this and, and how to use these scars. Like I always brag about my physical scars. I want to start bragging about our mental scars too, taking all that shame out of it. Wow. That's just beautiful. It really is. Did you feel insecure opening up because you were this masculine athlete that was supposed to be tough? No, the other way. Good. I was more secure about it. Again, no one's... I'll. I'll smash you in a cage. So I'm, <laughs> I have, I've wrestled, you know, man, I started the first mixed martial arts training program for pro athletes in this country. And when Fox made me stop fighting it in like, oh, five or six or something like that. So I wrestled, shoot, you know, a thousand NFL players, biggest dudes in the world. So no, I'm more secure about it. So I kind of did look at it like, I think the world needs a voice like this where it's a dudely dude to show people that strength. Like my vulnerability is what makes me strong and a powerful force, not my muscles. Yep. I say this all the time, this isn't true strength. That's nothing. Vulnerability is true strength and the more vulnerable we could be with each other. And here's the other, the other strength end of it. 
and I want people to really understand this, your listeners to understand this. I really started to open up to my friends about this somewhat recently, within the last year or two, but really like individually or in little tiny groups and every single one of them, it's got me so much closer with them. And these are football players and fighters and vets and doodly dude type of people. Um, and you know, a lot of, a lot of women I'm trying to, I always sur surround myself with very empowered women. That's like my crew. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big feminist. And, um, but not one of them told me to suck it up. Not one of them told me, you know, I'm a wuss. Not one of them said to me, oh, Jay, just get over it. And I, I, I've heard stories of that, but that hasn't been my experience. It's gotten me so much closer. And then, all, like I said, a lot of them have been like, okay, but I didn't know how to, I didn't know who to talk to about this, but bam, right? And they start opening up. And that's, that's how we're gonna get this world. I'm, I'm pushing this book because I'm trying to start a movement. Because if we don't start a movement and start changing what goes on between our ears and behind our ribcage and how we handle today's pressures with social media, we're, we're in for a heap of trouble. So I'm going to start a movement to change this because our next generation deserves that. Oh, that's so true. I love that. Those are beautiful words. And I want to go back to one thing you just said so I can describe it to my listeners. He flexed his <laughs> bicep, listeners, and said, this is not true strength. So. I right. love that. My bicep is strong, but my heart is a lot stronger. Oh, that's so true. What are your mm -hmm. techniques to helping yourself through a depressive state? Okay, so there's three in the book. There's three. I have like three tent poles that I do, right? And the first one is to be of service. So, and I, I list several ways in the books to be of service where, and, I, and I've been, and a lot of people would say, well, we don't have money like you. How can we be of service? We can't, you know, donate. Well, yeah. I have been on both sides. So in the book also, I describe my journey where I got to here as all these things I've done, Fox NFL Sunday and the Television Hall of Fame. And I've been on Ballers with the Rock, but I'm, by the way, I'm really not an actor. I, I play my normal knucklehead self. Um, and, you know, first M MMA host in, in, in America uh, and all these, and having these charities now that I, that I have and the spokesman for GNC and have my own supplement line. Like, I mean, wow, there's, there's, there's all these great things I've done now. But the first 10 years of my career, I was making $9,750 a year, covering the New York Giants, working 100 hours a week, trying to outwork the world. So I understand what it's like to be broke. And I was living in New York City. And it's actually some funny stories in there. My, you know, Michael Strahan and I became friends in 1993, our first days on the job, and no one talked to either one of us. And Michael's career didn't take off till year five. So it's just me and him together. It's like, hey, the universe conspires to help us. So thank God we met up that day. And we just kind of latched on each other, but I didn't have enough money to go to get myself a subway and a bus to Giant Stadium every day and back. So Michael had to drop me back into New York City every day of my career because I couldn't afford it until 1999 when I got my first job 10 years in. So a, I owe him about $28,000 $28, in Lincoln Tunnel fare. Um, <laughs> but my point is, I know what it's like to be broke and unbreakable. But even when I was broke, eh, I would figure ways out to be of service to people. So I, I would I actually go to like the store and I get little, uh, I'll spend $8. To this day, I still do it with my son to just teach him about it. And I'll get toothbrush, toothpaste, handy wipes, deodorant, first aid kit, um, uh, uh, mouthwash and band-aids and, and like socks and gloves and put them in little bags and give them out to the homeless. It's, it's, it's eight bucks. 
that's it, right? There's there's one story in the book about what I used to do during the holidays, which I, I want you to read it. It'll 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 kind of get you. Like little, little kids send their send their um, when they send letters to Santa, it goes to at least in New York, it goes to post office one zero 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 one, and I used to go there and um, pull out like really sad ones and fill them for these little kids and deliver them to their doors up in, you know, the South Bronx or in deep Harlem or, um, and just these kids are just asking for <clears throat> socks without holes or, oh. or jeans or a blanket or yes. I would deliver them. But there's, there's different ways to be of service. Yes. So I know it's a long answer, I'm sorry. No, but no, now, I love that. I started these diaries. I, but I also use, and this is where people could be of service. I, I did a few years ago, I started a foundation called um, Touchdown Dreams, where all I did was I used my relationships in the NFL to help pair NFL players and um, coaches and executives with children who are fighting for their lives. Right? So kind of make a wish on a different level because it's a longer term thing. Walk in this walk with them. Cost zero money. So there's people at home there who they can, I want them to look at themselves and go, okay, what? What could I do that could maybe be special to somebody who's struggling? Whether And it could be something that just for you makes you tick, whether it's working with the elderly or the handicapped or dogs or cats or rescued or children or vets or whatever it is, your time is valuable, That's is right. my point. That's right. So Volunteering. Well, yeah, and when you're in service, no matter how bad the voices are telling me that I'm an awful person that day, because that's what those the roommates in my head, when they talk, they talk, they do not talk nicely. When I'm of service to people, the roommates in my head get along a lot better. Oh. And it's, it's hard to be stuck in gray when you see someone else smile because of what you've done. That's beautiful. That's the first. Okay. And I do, I know when I wait too long, but the other two pillars are having a team. So the reason why I wrote this book is exactly what's happening right now. I, and my struggles have gotten kind of darker in the last few years. Um, and I think probably just because I've taken on more, um, probably put more pressure on myself, um, getting a little bit older, and I'm, you know, still single and alone here, and I'm just like, oh man, I start getting to myself here, I'm, you know, that I'm going to live a life that I deserve to be lonely and alone, and it's it, it's rough. So one of the reasons I wrote this is to have this team where all these people, they know I'm on their team, and they could be on my team, and we lift each other up. So having a team is another way, and. This book, the more people who could read it and connect with each other, I, I say it straight out. Hey, I call everybody teammates in this book. So I wrote this book to help you, but I also did it because I still need the help. And the last thing here is laughter. The gray hates laughter. So if you see me on Fox NFL Sunday and I'm forcing a joke in early in the show, which kind of doesn't fit, it's actually almost 100% of the time because I'm go having an anxiety attack while I'm talking. So I'll, laughter for me gets me out of it, it jolts me out of it. Um, and now telling a couple of people that, and like during the show, I don't tell the guys, my teammates, cause I don't want to bring their, it's their show too. I don't want to bring them down. So I'll tell them after. So I've, I've, I've figured out how to wrestle with my abuser while I'm on the air, but laughter for me, like it's really hard to be really down when you're laughing, right? And so laughter for me, I, I, I see the blue. So I, I play a lot of practical jokes on people um, it, there's, yeah, there's a danger of being friends with Jay Glazer when he's in there, but he's having his great moments. Cause I'll tend to play a lot of jokes on people, but the gray hates laughter. So laughter gets me through it.
Oh, I really love that, though, because, I mean, when you're surrounded by laughter and causing someone else to laugh, I love that that helps you out of an anxiety attack, but at the same time makes everyone around you happy. Right. Helps our teammates. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street. Essential television. Okay, so we've come to a place in the podcast that we do with every podcast. I do two things. One is what we're going to do right now, and that's the drink of the day. And I create a drink for my guest. On, okay. Okay, so this drink I've called Up and Unbreakable. So this is a morning tonic that is sure to wake you up and make you feel unbreakable. So it's one tablespoon of Manuka honey, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, one dash of cinnamon, and one tablespoon of warm filtered water. I bet you thought because I had it in a beautiful shot glass, it was something yes. different. <laughs> so you stir everything together in a glass and shoot it. This is a super powerful mixture that can aid digestion, ward off sickness, rev up your metabolism, and give you energy to start your day. So cheers to you. Mikhail, I like it. Okay. I have to tell you, I learned this drink from my doctor that delivered our oldest son, Jay. Really? So I've been doing this for 42 years. And now we gave it a name? I love it. Yes. And I had just gave it a name. So let me ask you this. Is it difficult being on TV while struggling with anxiety and depression? I know you say that it happens while you're on TV and you'll mm -hmm. have your joke, but how, like, how hard is it? Uh, if I could be real with you here, Robin, be it real. sucks. Ugh. It really sucks. It's really, because I want to enjoy the moment here. I, you know, I worked all those years to get to this place and I want to enjoy it. I, I literally like have this life and, and I want people to understand my life is amazing. It is great. But between my ears is not. So, you know, I, people go, Oh, how's this guy have depression or anxiety? I didn't sign up for it. It's not something I said, Hey, I'm going to get some of it. Like, listen, and this part of the book also is I was hoping when I quote unquote made it, there was going to be rainbows and unicorns. And that's just not, the fact, like, if we don't learn how to love ourselves up from the inside out, we're not going to feel it. And that's what got me to go do all these great things to get love from the outside in. So we're not going to feel it. So I am actually talking to, I call him, I actually call it my abuser. So I'm wrestling with my abuser. The first thing I did for the book was I went on with Strahan on, on Good Morning America and announced it. And The Rock called. And he said, what's up? 
I said, what do you mean? He goes, you weren't yourself. He could tell now. And I said, oh, I was having a panic attack. He goes, I knew it. It's almost like we're playing a game now. Hey, is Glazer having a panic attack? And he was able to tell. He's like, I knew it. I said, yep, I was. He goes, yeah, just something the way you were talking, your eyes were darting back and forth. So he was able to see. That made me actually feel great. That made me feel, okay, look, the people now see, man, all right, his eyes are going back and forth. He's sweating. He's fighting through it for us. Like, I feel like I'm fighting through for you. So I can be entertaining for you at home and and really, you know, give you guys a break from, you know, we're escapism on TV. That's what we're supposed to be. So give you an escape. So, but I actually talk to it and say, man, just let me go. Not to, and I also coach myself. Jay, you're not in danger. You're not going to pass out. You're not going to die. You're not going to have a heart attack on the air. So I'll coach myself through it as I'm talking to you at home, which yeah, I, and I kind of look at him and go, huh, that's really, really talented. Or, man, he's really messed up. <laughs> no, I, I, I find you to be very talented and very brave, very smart, and very lucky that you have friends like The Rock, because I, I don't want that to get by. How nice that he would call you because he recognized what you were going through and checked in on you. And that's, look, people say... Also, like my my crew, like I am, my brand is loyalty. So I've been friends with Dwayne way before he had any of this. And even like with the Ford for the book, I was like, hey, you know, I know you don't like these because then you got everybody else gets mad that you didn't do theirs. And he's like, oh no, brother, you've been with me all these years, and you're we and I talk about this subject. And he's such an um, advocate for mental health. He's like, you're going to be this voice for the gray. I'm doing it, and I'll deal with people being upset after. And this isn't just we weren't we haven't just become friends after he's become The Rock and I become Jay Glazer. We were friends. We did a movie together called The Big Game Plan, like a Disney football movie years ago. But he was also like an early fan of UFC and MMA. We just got friends a long time ago. And, man, I check up on him all the time. I literally just give him messages all the time, mental health checkup for today. Like, I'll call him, hey, just checking up on you, because who does? Yeah. That's, right? And, yeah. And I do the same thing for a lot of our vets in, my, in, in our MVP charity. Like, just have these teammates. So yeah, it was pretty interesting that he, um, he and, and Howie Long was a big part of the book, a huge part of the book. Howie would be the one at Fox. He was the first one that saw it many, many years ago. And one day I was, I was very manic. Um, I've been through a lot of medications and, and I'll always keep trying. I've been through, I think about 36 of them. Um, and I haven't found one that worked long-term for me. A couple here and there, but I just metabolize things so fast. And and I'll keep trying. Next time something else comes out, I'll keep trying. But some of them have made me very manic. And one day I was on one and it just, oof, I, oh, I was falling off the reservation. And he pulled me aside before the show and he said, hey, 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 the sky is not falling. We're not against you. We're here. <laughs> I'm getting choked up. I again. am too. Like, I love that. The goodest dude in the world, Howie Long. Hey. We're, we're, we're with you. And this was 11 years ago. This wasn't recent as I started talking about this. He was able to, to recognize it. And my other teammates over there too will recognize it. And, and Terry Bradshaw is really the first one who talked about it amongst dudes 20, 30 years ago, but no one, no one heard. So when I joined Fox, it's one of the first things I talked to him about. I joined in 04. Um, but Terry, for me, because he talked about his battles with mental health issues and depression, anxiety, 
that made me feel okay and safe to talk about it, especially at Fox. I just love that you're talking about it. You're just a, a true champion. This is wonderful. Hey. I, I want to ask you something because it just came to me. But when you were talking about your abuser, and I so mm -hmm. understand that, you know, I have a foundation that focuses on domestic violence and sexual assault. Mm -hmm. So I totally get you calling it your abuser. It's a perfect label for it, I think. Because they're all attacking your soul. Yes. yes. You got to remember this. My first panic anxiety attack was in 2005. We didn't talk about mental health back then like this. We didn't know what it was. So I... For a decade, I was going to get my heart checked, and I thought I was having a heart attack or lungs or something, so I never realized it. And then eventually, when we started talking about anxiety attacks, I was like, oh, that's what it is. That's what I have. That's what." And then I started talking to therapists about it, and, and I go to therapy also. I have several therapists I, I use constantly. I need a team, yeah. like I said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I would talk to them about it, and I would learn, listen, it's, you're not in danger. This is how you get through it. And I would get ways with them to get through it. Um, and one of the things I also, I gargle. Um, I'll do certain breath exercises. And I can feel them. Sometimes they come just, boom, out of nowhere. And sometimes I, they start slowly. And as I'm getting closer to the air, and it's not because I'm nervous about going on the air. That's the wild thing. Like, Robin, I'm great in chaos. I'm terrible in calm. Oh, wow. So, I'm great in the cage. I'm great in the middle of everything going down. I am great in the middle of, you know, actually when the sky is kind of falling yeah. and everything, yeah. or going on TV and millions of people, everything slows down for me. So I'm not afraid of it. So that's the part I don't understand why it happens. Uh -huh. I have no idea why it happens. Somebody asked me that recently. I have no, there's no trigger. There's no consistent trigger. I have no clue. I just know when it happens, I'm not going to take it anymore. Uh -huh. Right back. Right. And and I'm now armed with other people I could tell about it. Um, a few things I know what to say to myself. And I know to immediately try to laugh. Wow. This is yeah. so powerful. I mean, imagine all of the people that you're helping out there. Thank you. And do you feel powerful within yourself, though, that you actually know your abusers are there trying to take over and you have the ability to fight that abuser yeah. and take back your power? Yeah. And I've also been... I've told different therapists of mine, I said, listen, if you help me, I, I think I can help millions. Yes. Right? Like, you save me and I'll save them. Wow. That's, I've said to, to a lot of them, um, the ones I'm very grateful for of the work they've been able to do. And, and, and by the way, it's work that I'll never stop. Even when I am, if I ever get to the blue, right, if I ever get there to that place, I'll still continue to work with therapists and, and do mental wellness and whatever I can same way, I if I perfect a jab, I'm not going to stop practicing it. I'm still going to practice it over and over and over and over. So same with this as well. But I, I do feel a little bit more empowered now. Um, but I, I never know what I'm going to get. Like every day, I don't know what I'm going to get. And there was, I told, I told Dr. Phil, the Super Bowl two years ago, the 100th anniversary of the NFL, it lasted for an hour and 20 minutes. The entire first one third of our pregame show, I was wrestling with it and I have no memories. And we were doing such cool things. We were recreating the Immaculate Reception with Franco Harris on the field with, with me and Terry Bradshaw and Howie Long and Jimmy Johnson and Kurt Menefee and Michael Strahan. And oh my God, just incredible. And I, I don't remember any of it, like none of it. 
And I go back and watch, and I, I'm kind of angry or resentful toward my abuser, like, man, I should have been able to enjoy that. That's what I've been working so hard for. When I, what, what got me through it, even like I had like insider hits early on, I don't remember them. And I know I'm going to do it, and I know I'm confident I'm good at what I do, but I just don't have any memory. I just only re remember fighting with my damn abuser. And when we got in the car to get to our second set after the first hour plus of the show, I was in the car with just Jimmy Johnson and Kurt Menefee. And, oh, my God, they have no idea how much they helped me. To this day, they have no idea. Because we got in the car and we just started cracking jokes at each other. And this and that. And I came out of it. And as I got to the next set, I, I did a feature on a player named Honey Badger, uh, who I actually helped out earlier in his career, who went through a really dark tunnel with drugs and suspension and helped him really understand he went through this other side of his tunnel, came out through the other side, it didn't break him, and he can now use that to help other people, and he did. And we did a whole big thing on it in Fox, and early on in his career, we did it, we, he and I almost retrized it at the Super Bowl, and by the time I showed up, man, I was great, and I got to go right in with another teammate, if you will, in, in the Honey Badger, um, and he actually texted me when I was up there doing this, hey, bro, You've been there with me, you know, for all these years. I'm about to go on the field. I want to make sure when I, you get out there, I come find you and hug you. Thank you for helping me on this journey. So, <laughs> so I went from, oh my God, the worst experience I've had on television to one of the best experiences of my entire career. And I did that because look, I was of service to someone. Yes. Try to help somebody else out. Um, yes. it, was, it was beautiful. Yes. That is so yeah. beautiful because you were just telling me about how we're so upset that you missed such a beautiful time due yeah. to your abuser. But the payoff was you got to experience maybe Incredible. the most beautiful time of your life, too. Yeah. He, he really he had a really difficult upbringing and, and, and had a hard coming out in the NFL. Um, and nobody's really given him a chance. And they were kind of holding things against him. So I said, hey, man, you and I are going to do a feature and just be authentic. Just be you. Tell us what happened. Tell us what you went through so you could help other people, so we could be of service to other kids who've been through the same thing. And don't run away from it. Don't say, oh, I did this because of this. Yeah, but this or yeah, but. I hate that term. Yeah, but. Yeah, oh, but. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. And I said, just be honest so you can give a roadmap to all those other little kids out there like you who, man, I'm sure you wish you could have had somebody guiding you when you were that age. You're going to be the, the one that guides them. And he did. He was amazing. You, anybody at home should go look it up. And he's helped a lot of people, a lot of people along, along the way to the point where this year he was a finalist for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for the NFL. Really? Oh, yeah. that's he, he, beautiful. Does talking so much about your anxiety actually give you anxiety? Um, so I try not to put it in the universe before a show. That's why you asked me one of the thing I was going to tell you. I don't write it down because I, I want to take it out of my universe. Oh, I see. I don't want to go into it and go, oh, here it comes, or... Hey, like, you know, I, I just don't even want to, you know, so I, I will now react to it um, instead of going into it. However, the one thing, again, what I'll do is, is I'll make sure now I will text someone or call someone or, hey, or I'll work, walk over, usually Kurt Menefee, and say, man, I'm, I'm melting down. I'm having a bad day. Or Howie. Howie Long, dude, Howie, I'm going through it. Or Howie, it's coming on. Or, man, or I'll take someone in the room and go, dude, I need to talk. And... Usually when I talk about it, yeah, it helps me through. So talking about it 
and being vulnerable and open and all that, that gets me through it. When I suffered in silence, that's when the danger happens, right? And, and the, the problem too, Robin, is why I want everybody to talk about it. When you suffer in silence, you feel hurt. And there's a line I have in the book that Sean Payton, the head, former head coach of Saints, I quoted him on it. Hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, right? If when you when you're hurt, you end up hurting other people. Uh-huh. Hurt yourself. So, you know, I want to make sure I don't feel that hurt. So I don't hurt others or hurt myself. So, you know, that that's the thing. We I feel this hurt that this that I'm riddled with this anxiety and depression. But I don't want to have my hurt hurt anybody else. So that's why now I, I talk about it more. So I don't feel that as much hurt. I don't feel as much pain. I feel like I have a lot of people walking this walk together with me. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that quote. So I want to talk about your brand new book, Unbreakable. Right. You met one of your literary agents at a party of uh, Phillips and mine, right? Yeah, absolutely. For for uh, Mike Bayer, for his book. And Jan Miller, Janet Miller came over with Lacey Lynch, yeah. um, Carrie Thornton yeah. from the publishing house. And they come over and they say, we don't know who you are. But everyone's talking about you here. Uh-huh. Don't really, we're confused. And I said, well, all right, well, what do y'all think I am? And somebody said, well, are you a vet? I said, no, but I have a charity that helps former combat vets through transition. And we're now in seven cities and there's several Zooms a week. And we've really built up this great team at, at Vets and Players, MVP, Merging Vets and Players. So I said, no, I do that. And then somebody said, no, no, he's like a, a trainer, like Chris Pratt and Wiz Khalifa. I said, well, well, yeah, but no, not my career. But we do have that. I have a gym called Unbreakable, and we train all them. And somebody else said, no, no, he's an actor. I said, no, not really, but I am on Ballers with The Rock. And again, I act like my normal knucklehead self. And then Dr. Phil walks over and says, so, Jay, are the Cowboys going to get Dak Prescott's contract done? And everybody looked at me like, why are they asking Wiz Khalifa's trainer if he's going to get the Cowboys are going to get Dak Prescott's. So Janet said, okay, I don't get who you are. Uh, Janet was like, I don't get who you are. We need to go get you a cocktail and figure this out. That's I said, okay, I'll, I'll take a white wine, please. It's not a block. And they said, uh-huh. we didn't expect that either. But yeah, that, he, had a, he had a part in this. He had a big part in this. Oh. It, was, it was great. He came over. If I could have hired him to come over and say something at that time, that would have been it. It was perfect. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yes, we've known Jan Miller for tw- uh, over 25 years. Oh, she's yes. a rock star. She helped. Rock she's star. done all of Philip's books, all of my books, all of our son's books. And her husband's son, her son Max, is working on this podcast right now. Oh, great. Yes. Jan Miller, for me, um, man, there's only a couple times in life that you walk, someone walks in your life. And you're like, my life's just changed. Yes. Um, and it did when I met her. Yes. Really did. And yes. and the authenticity and the amount. And remember now, I'm doing a mental health book. So yep. I, and when I, what actually, what most people don't know about this book also, and I, I didn't say to Philip, I'll say to you and your, um, your audience. Okay. When I wrote the book, I stopped doing all my treatment. <gasps> really? Which was dangerous wasn't it's, it's dangerous for me to do that yeah and but i really wanted to sit in it oh so i could describe it for everybody and i'm still trying to pull myself out of it i went several months without doing any treatment <gasps> and i do i work with three different therapists 
I do these IVs. I do, I do, it's just a lot of things I do. Yeah. Um, and I did nothing. <gasps> and I wanted to feel as gray as possible uh-huh. so I could describe it in the book. And so when we were going through this process, I had a lot of manic meltdowns. And Jan Miller and Lacey, oh my God, were they there for me? Wow. And they walked this walk with me. They are, I'm, I'm getting choked up again, but oh. oh my God, they are, you just don't meet a lot of people like this in life. That's and right. I go about my life trying to, I'm so loyal that I'm going to treat people like, man, when you go, I'll be one of your pallbearers. Oh. It sounds a little morbid, but you can't have more, you can't have a, a better honor than that. And that's how they've treated me. Like, <gasps> I don't meet a lot of people like this who really, truly love me for me. That's beautiful. Um, they're, they're amazing. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah. They really, and really, incredible. truly are. Incredible. Incredible. They're Texans, aren't they? True heart of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes, no doubt. I love that you value bragging about your scars. I really do. Well, that's the thing too. Like I used to, so when I used to walk into rooms, I used to look, seriously, look at everybody in there and say to myself, okay, because when you have mental health issues, a lot of time, look, I don't have any self-value or self-worth. So I used to walk in every room thinking I'm tinier than everybody else, smaller. And, and I've done all these great things, but I don't go in the room like this right here, this little drug, that's from Television Hall of Fame. We're the only show, sports show, inducting the TV Hall of Fame. There's things here of, you know, all these accolades I have. None of them make me feel special when I walk in a room. When I walk in a room, I look at everybody and I say, I'm not like the rest of you. Because I am walking around training with a herniated C2345. I've ruptured L1, L2 twice, L4, 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 L5 four times. I'm missing that disc. I broke my nose sometimes. I tore my labrum and rotator cuff on my right shoulder last year and trained professional athletes on it for the next six months like that. That makes me proud. Like these scars. I walk in the room, I'm like, I'm not like the rest of you because of my scars. Now I'm starting to be proud of my mental scars. And that's what I want us all to do. I want this movement where we all start bragging about our mental scars. Hey, man, I have this depression, anxiety. I went through this thing and it didn't break me. So whatever didn't break us, the name of the book's unbreakable. Whatever didn't break you, you went through the other side of that tunnel, it couldn't break you, so you need to help lift yourself up and say, okay, I look how strong I am. Look how powerful I am. And use that every day of your life. It did not break me. Oh, I so love I'm going to use that in my next step, in my next meeting, in my next anything and everything. Know that the power you have, whatever didn't break you, that's your strength. Oh, that's beautiful. I about love it. that. I love that. Hey, about it. D- does it look like, can you tell I'm sitting here right now with a fractured scapula? Mm-hmm. I am. Oh, same thing, same way I have, right? Wrestling like Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture, I'm sure, right? Well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> maybe my grandbaby. No. <laughs> so please tell everyone out there when and where to get their hands on Unbreakable. Oh, it's sold everywhere you'll buy books. And it, it's, it, we just got to number six on Amazon. And oh. here, here's, here's the, and I'm telling you about the book. You know, we haven't talked about it all, and I, I want to start talking about this a lot more, and I'll do this for us first on your show, is the results, like the number of messages I'm getting from people who say, Jay, I never had words until now. I had an 80-year-old grandmother literally reach out, um, and my, my team will get all my Facebook messages, and they'll print them, and they'll send them to me uh, in, like, bulk. Because um, I try not to look on my social media a lot because I don't, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole yeah. and everybody seeing all the bullying crap out there. Yeah. It's not good for me. Agreed. So some of these messages, 
this 80 year old woman said, for the first time in my life, I have the words to describe what I've gone through to my husband and my kids, my grandkids. <gasps> I love it. I have people, a lot of people said they were gonna commit suicide that day. And because now they feel that they're not alone. Yep. They're gonna go get help that day. Or the number of people who have bought their books with their kids saying, we don't get it, but our kids go through it. And now we have something in common we can discuss so I can understand my children more. A lot of girl dads, um, a lot of, and, and a lot of people are starting to start to buy it and gifting it to someone they know could use it. Yes. Yes. Incredible. I love that. I love Incredible. that. And you know, I, and always, I, talk, I, I talk about it real. I love I'm, it. I'm not your doctor. I'm not your clinician. I'm not your therapist. I'm not your clergy. I'm just a regular dude who's beat this, who is beating it, I should say. I'll spend the rest of his life beating it to make my dreams come true and, oh. and to motivate. Yes. I love it when someone gives something like your book as a gift, because it yes. truly is a gift to give someone who truly deserves it. Thank you. Thank you. I, yeah, that's been really incredible. Like every day, the messages and messages from people, um, people that I actually have known said, Jay, I've never told anybody this, but man, I suffer a panic attack every day, oh. every week. And now, thank you, dude. Like, okay, I'm able to go tell my wife or my husband or my kids. Like I was, somebody today said, what do I do? How do I do this? Like, I, I'm never happy. I'm always just trying to make my family happy. And I said, sit down and tell your family what you're going through. Uh -huh. Get them on this train with you, get them on your team. Walk this walk with them. I like to say, we're gonna walk this walk together. I do too. Walk this walk with them. And if you don't have the words for it, I give you the words in this book. And, but your words, whatever's authentic to you, just don't fight it alone. Oh, that's so true. I love that you can, someone can take your book, read it, and have it in their hands when they do sit down with their family. And right? if, if they don't have their own words, they could use your words because it is so, it's to the point and it describes exactly what everyone is going through. And they've been using highlighters and reaching out. And, and you got my thing to everybody is whatever you can glean from this book, share it with others. Cause that's you being of service. That's right. That's going to help. That's right. That's going to help build the team. Like we've got to have a, a dramatic shift in this country. And I don't know if I'm going to save the world, but I'm damn sure going to improve it. So I got that, that line from a woman named Kirstie Ennis, who was a Marine door gunner who's had 46 surgeries or helicopter went down to Afghanistan and she's on the board of my charity MVP and she's missing a, a leg or left leg. Um, again, 46 surgeries and she became the first above the knee amputee to summit Mount Kilimanjaro. At one point she was the fifth ranked snowboarder in the world after Paralympics. She is just a gangster. And we were doing an MVP session and somebody said it to her like, Oh my God, look what you guys are, are doing for these vets. And, and, and a lot of the, a lot of the, the message that I give out there are things that I talk about with our with our combat vets. And that, she came up with this line. She said, hey, I don't know if we're going to save the world, but we're damn sure going to improve it. Oh, wow. True hero. <laughs> a true, true hero. True gangster. Amazing. Wow. Yes. You're a lucky man to know her, aren't you? Absolutely. Amelia, you see it. You can see how much I'm lighting up just talking yes. about her. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's yes. Teammate I just oh, I love and adore her. Because it's just, I've told her and others like, she we've done, but I don't know what you can't do. Oh. So I'm proud to walk this walk with you. Oh, but she's lucky to have you in her life as well. I appreciate that. Thank you.
Now, we've come to a place in the podcast. I said we do two things in every podcast. It's the game of the day. So we're going to end this episode on a really positive, uplifting note. This game is called Out of the Gray into the Blue. Okay. So we play a game at the end of every podcast. How do you like playing games? Love it. Let's okay. do it. <laughs> I work in sports, of course. Okay. I'm going to give us a feel-good topic, and we're both going to say our answer. It's very simple. So number one, food that reminds you of childhood. Pizza. Mine is fried chicken. My mother made the best fried chicken. <laughs> well, I'm from Jersey, so pizza. Pizza's good, too. Okay, two, song that makes you smile. Uh, Lovely Day by Bill Withers. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And so the first thing that came to my mind is, isn't she beautiful? By Stevie Wonderful. Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. How funny that that came to my mind too. And I love that song when it starts. Three, person in your life that encourages you to follow your dreams. Um, me. Ooh, that's a very good answer. Can I steal um, that? <laughs> person in <laughs> your life. Okay. I'm going to have to say Philip. He's, We've been together 50 years, so yeah. he's always. It, it was, it, it's actually, it is, it is my, my gray. It's my gray that gets me to go after my dreams. Um, that's where I kind of almost feel now, like if, if we could really make this whole book a movement and really help people, I will shift my mindset, I think, and say, man, I wasn't cursed all these years. I was blessed with depression and anxiety. Wow. That's a beautiful answer. Mm-hmm. And that is a really good idea. It's yep. Taking to shifting it like that's beautiful. Four city that makes you feel inspired. Mm. See, when I travel, I try not to go to cities because I'm I'm a New Yorker. Oh. So I kind of go to like more rural places. Oh yeah. But I'll probably say New York City. Here we go. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say my favorite city that I just always go to if I'm talking about. I wouldn't say inspired so much, but that just, I just love is Paris. Okay. So if you're asking me where I love, like in the world, I'm a big cork dork, big wine guy. So Tuscany is like, I can exhale out there and just, so the city of Siena, I love it out there. A little Siena and Pienza. Oh, I love it. That's, I unplug there. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last one. Something you are excited for. Uh, I am I think every day now I'm excited. I get excited when I get up and I get these messages from people lifting them up. This isn't being cliche. This isn't a push for the book. No, I know. I literally wake up now and I get these messages from my my crew, like, look at this one, look at this one. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? I get really excited every day to see that I'm like, that's someone's mother or father that I'm helping or someone's son or daughter, you know, or, or again, someone's grandparents or or a wife and a husband that I'm, I'm able to help or save or empower. Oh. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty damn cool. I totally get that. That answer is very heartfelt. So let's see. I'm going to have to say uh, something I'm excited for right now. We just got a brand new grandson two weeks ago. Hey, there you go. Yeah. And so I'm very excited to get to know him and see him develop. And 
Uh, I haven't gotten to hold him in like a week because of my shoulder, but I'm going to see him tomorrow. So I'm very excited for Good him. For you. I love it. Yes. That's exciting. It is very exciting. He's just beautiful and precious. So sadly, that brings us to the end of the episode. But now before we wrap up, I need to ask you one final question. This podcast is all about sharing life-changing secrets. Do you have one major secret you've learned that you'd like to share with the listeners? Oh, uh, well, I, well, I shared a whole bunch of them today with you, right? Um, it could just be about anything. A secret you've learned throughout your life that changed your life might change someone else's. A secret that I've learned. Oh, yes. Here's the secret of success. Yes. If, if you want your dreams to come true, find out who the best, it is, best there is in whatever field that is and do more than that. Not a little bit more, a lot. <gasps> That's how I got to where I am. That's how you guys got to where you are. That's the secret of success. And if you're not willing to put that level of work in, <gasps> then enjoy your life. Enjoy where you are. And don't just don't just sit there and, and think that you have to constantly just swim upstream and get on that hamster wheel. Yes. So put that work in, be loyal, and your dreams will come true. Oh, I love it. That's beautiful. That is wonderful. So now pal, please tell the listeners how to find you online. And so, one more time, well, I'm, also, I'm sorry, one more time. Also tell them where they can get your new book. You can follow me at Jay Glazer on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and then Anywhere books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you can go online, you can go to HarperCollins, hc.com slash unbreakable, wherever books are sold. And yes, please get this book. Gift one for somebody else that you also think may need one. Bond with people over this book and then post it so it can lift me up, but teammates as well. Like I want to continue to make sure that we, and I'm trying to actually repost as many people as, as I can without annoying the world to continue to build this team together. Like we are not going to stop. We're not going to lose to the gray. We have for too long. It's time we fight back. Oh. And we all deserve to see some blue together and start being a lot kinder to each other. Oh. And if we start getting on the same team, we're going to be a lot kinder to each other. Oh, that's so beautiful. You're beautiful, Jay Glazer. I love you. This has been fantastic. It. Thank you so much. You, Secret Squad, Thank as so always, head on over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for blogs, recipes, and behind-the-scenes photos. So I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.